Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining me this week. So what's been going on with me as we're recording this uh, introduction? It's Sunday, August 19th. And I've been uh, recuperating from a lung wedge resection surgery for the last four weeks. And, and uh, it's been challenging. I got to tell you, it's been challenging. Um, you know, the discomfort, managing some of the pain issues, you know, the doctors, no matter how good they are, they don't tell you everything that you can expect. And one of the things that uh, actually I was alerted to that uh, turned out to be more of a challenge than I expected was something called intercostal neuralgia, which is basically nerve pain that is the result of trauma to the chest area. And as part of my surgery, they had to remove a little bone from one of my ribs. And uh, so I've been dealing with some discomfort and, and pain in the chest area. But most importantly, my follow-up uh, appointment for the surgery was went very well. The doctor was very pleased with the results. And I'll be facing a second lung surgery coming up the Monday before Thanksgiving. That will be in the right lung. This first surgery was in the left lung. And the long-term goal here, that that will remove the hopefully the last remaining metastasis. I had one in each lung, and I'm eager to hear those magic three letters that we all want to hear, NED, no evidence of disease. And that's what Linda, my, my wonderful wife, and I are, are all thinking about uh, as, as we work through both of these surgeries and as we turn the corner into the new year. Speaking of lungs, that uh, takes us and is a good segue to this week's episode. You know, as part of the rebrand to We Have Cancer, the goal was to expand our reach and reach a broader audience. And I reached out to the folks, the wonderful folks at the Lung Cancer Alliance and wanted to learn a little bit more about the work they do in talking with our dear friend Jeannie Moore, the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. She told me that uh, when the Colon Cancer Alliance was founded a number of years ago that they kind of modeled their, uh, their, their startup with the Colon Cancer Alliance to uh, mimic in some way the, what the Lung Cancer Alliance has done. Lung Cancer Alliance has been around since 1995 and have done great work. And uh, for this interview, I interviewed Andrew Kupek of the Lung Cancer Alliance, and uh, he was a, a great interview, provided some great information. So join me now for my conversation with Andrew Kupek of the Lung Cancer Alliance. Andrew, thanks so much for joining me on We Have Cancer. How are you today? I'm great, and thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So 
you know, we've been wanting to expand our reach with the show. And I said, all right, well, if colon cancer is unfortunately the number two cause of cancer deaths, might as well go reach for number one. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't say that uh, jokingly because oh, no, it's, it's a challenge. But I say that because of the number of people that I know that need your support. So, so again, thank you for, uh, for spending the time. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the origin of the Lung Cancer Alliance. Okay, sure. So, um, so we were founded in um, 1995, and we've been one of the first and you know largest organizations dedicated towards supporting the lung cancer community since then. And really, we came out of the fact that you know lung cancer itself is can feel at times a very stigmatized disease because of the views around it. And we really just wanted to be an organization that could offer support and bring the community together and really show them that, you know, there is a lot of hope out there and be a resource to help them go forward. So really our mission is to save lives in advanced research through empowering those that are either living with or at risk for lung cancer. And as an organization, we do a number of things to achieve that. And that can be through um, offering direct support to people who are living with lung cancer or their family and loved ones. Um, we also at, we also are based in Washington, D.C., and we do a lot of advocacy to really get lung cancer issues on the main stage with our government and other agencies and things such as trying to get increased research, um, act better access to care for people and other things, and also just conducting nationwide education campaigns about the disease, um, its risk factors, and early detection because really of the um, stigmatized view of lung cancer and just, you know, making more people aware of what is out there and that there is reason to be hopeful and, you know, connecting people and getting them empowered. What are the, some of those stigmas that you refer to about lung cancer? Well, I think, um, you know, one of the first, we find that one of the first things that, you know, when people hear someone's been diagnosed with lung cancer, you know, rather than you might ask um, different types of cancer patients, you know, and just say like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, that you're going through that. But we find with lung cancer patients, often the first question someone says is, oh, well, how long did you smoke? You know, mm -hmm. even before they're asking someone, you know, how they're doing or what it's like for their family. And really, I think that just kind of encapsulates it. And really, you know, our view is that that isn't the way to think of it. You know, no one really deserves to die or deserves a diagnosis of lung cancer or any type of cancer. And we really just want to reframe that conversation from thinking, you know, how some people may be even saying, you know, they chose to smoke or they did this to themselves. No, you know, that's not what it's about. And we want to make sure that, you know, we reframe that conversation and have it be, as you know, no one deserves this and everyone deserves the same level of care. And if we can be a part of reframing that conversation, that would be great because we see that just manifested in so many different ways of the people we talk with. We have, um, you know, we talk to patients who they're afraid to tell, you know, their work or even some of their family members that, you know, they were diagnosed with lung cancer. We, I talked to a patient that um, told me that they said they had a different type of cancer because they didn't want to, you know, be associated with that. And really, you know, when you're going in with that, being able, you want to be able to take charge of your own care and be empowered as a patient. And if that's the mindset and the way people are treating you around that, that's really, you know, not 
productive toward that and it's just not the way it should be and that's one of the things that we're constantly dealing with but we're you know making progress every day with I wonder, do you also deal with a stigma that the colorectal cancer community deals with as well, uh, and that being that it's a disease that only old people get? You know, we, we, we do get a little a little bit of that as well. Um, you know, you, you can look at statistics and, you know, um, lung cancer patients tend to be over the age of 65, but, um, you know, that's just one part of it. You know, we I've met lung cancer patients that are much younger. I've met lung cancer patients that are much older. You know, there's really isn't a disease that just has one face. And for that, for a lot of people, you know, their stereotypical view of it is that it would be an older person who's been smoking for a long time. And that's really not the case. Um, we, we work with people all the time. 30% of lung cancer patients that have been diagnosed have never smoked and increasingly more and more lung cancer patients are being diagnosed at a younger age and from all different kinds of backgrounds. So really, you know, having that nuanced view of just, you know, lung cancer being, you know, older people that have smoked for a long time is really, you know, you're missing out on an entire part of the community that really needs help. And that's, you know, sh shutting down everything. So makes sense. Talk to me about um, the resources that people can find uh, on the Lung Cancer Alliance website, at, and that is at lungcanceralliance.org, correct? Yes, that is. What resources are available there for, for patients for, uh, and for caregivers as well? Sure, absolutely. Well, one of the really everything we try to do with our support and education services is really to meet people, you know, wherever they are with whatever they need. And we, you know, we're aiming to empower patients and their caregivers to really be able to take charge of their, their uh, loved one's care and be their own advocate. And one way that that starts is with, you know, having the right information when you need it. And one of the things our website does is provide a number of educational materials on different things related to lung cancer, whether that be, um, you know, whether the risk factors for lung cancer and um, prevention for lung cancer, but also um, for people that have been diagnosed, the treatment options that are available. And going beyond that, some of the things like side effects or different types of care to help manage that. And then also resources on our website, we maintain a list of treatment centers, um, support groups in different areas, um, places that you can be screened for lung cancer if you're at risk, really trying to make our website an information tool that can get people the right things they need to know at the right time to really go and ask the right questions and feel more empowered. And I think, um, you know, it's a, it's a great place to start. The, are there, um, when you talk about support groups, are these face-to-face uh, -face support groups available across the country or do you do anything um, online in terms of uh, patient support? Well, we, we really kind of approach it from multiple angles because one of the things we found is that, you know, we want to meet um, patients and loved ones and caregivers where they are and how they like to connect. And people like to connect in different ways. One of the things we have that people can link to through our website is um, an active social media platform through our Facebook page. That's a great community of um, lung cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers who are sharing information, sharing stories, and really connecting that way. But we also have um, 
you know, a what we call our support group network on our website. And that's really a listing of in-person, either general cancer or lung cancer specific support groups across the country so that and it's divided by a map so that you can easily find you know one that might be near you and get information on how to contact the leader and find out the schedule for it and also um, we have a third program which is called our phone buddy program and really what that is is it's a way for um, someone who's a lung cancer patient to connect to a survivor who's been in a similar situation with them. Because we we know that, you know, you can talk to, you know, doctors, you can talk to people at um, lung cancer advocacy organizations, but, you know, really at, at a certain point, we all just want to connect with someone who's had a shared experience to us and knows, you know, what we're talking about. And that's why we started the program. So when people call in to us, they we will find out more about their story and then go to our wonderful network of volunteers who volunteer at their time to really be connected to these people and find someone who's had a similar diagnosis or similar treatment path and really you can just talk to and we basically help the two people connect the phone buddy volunteer and the uh the patient themselves and then we kind of let it go from there and you know let them very form you know whatever that means to them, you know, to answer questions, to just share stories and be a source of support for each other. And so really those are a number of the things and all that can be found on our website. And we really think of just trying to help people connect in different ways, no matter where they are, what, what they what they need at this moment. So you mentioned uh, phone buddy. So I understand that that's how the two, the, the, the buddy and the patient would connect. If somebody listening to our conversation right now was interested in uh, connecting with a buddy, what would be the best way to make that happen? So the best way to make that happen would be to call um, our lung cancer helpline, and that's just at 1-800-298-2436. And one of our support helpline staffers will talk to you and you can say, you know, I heard about the phone buddy program and I wanted to see if I could, you know, match with someone who had a similar situation to me. And then we'd find out more about your journey and what you've been through. And then, um, get to our volunteers and find someone who we could match you with. So the best way to start would just be giving us a call. And also, if you prefer to use email, you can email us at support at lungcancerlines.org and we can connect through that way. And what if somebody listening is a survivor and said, hey, I'd love to be a buddy. Uh, how, how do they how do we make that happen? Well, you know, that, that that would be fantastic. And, you know, you just honestly, you can just call that same number that our 1-800-HELP-LINE and say, you know, I heard more about the Phone Buddy program and, you know, I'd really be interested in talking, you know, I'm a survivor myself and, you know, I'd be interested in talking to people when they have needs. And we have a great um, person who runs the Phone Buddy program here who would really interview and find out, you know, what kinds more about your story. And then, you know, so they can tell that story to people who call in and give you matches and then we'll we have a maintain a program where we check in with you as a volunteer and you know see where you are in your journey too and and keep up with you as your story changes and make sure that you know we can match you with the best people so that would be a great way to do that i often see people posting in the various facebook groups talking about their struggle to stay hydrated 
And if that applies to you, you should check out H2ORS. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution. It's a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling with this issue of staying hydrated, either due to an ostomy or perhaps chemotherapy, H2ORS is something for you to consider. It'll really help replenish your fluids and electrolyte levels. As a matter of fact, it has three times the electrolytes of most of the popular sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavor, or artificial colors. My buddy Chris Shaw over at H2ORS is offering listeners of the podcast an opportunity to try a free sample of H2ORS. All you need to do is just go to their site, h2ors.com forward slash sample, and they'll ship a free sample out to you, no strings attached. And when you're ready to make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the coupon code CC. P-O-D, they'll give you 10% off your first order. Be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to learn how you can get your rear in gear. Are there awareness events that you run uh, around the country, Andrew? Yeah, so we we run a number of things. We have two main events that we want run and they're both through what we call our shine a light platform and we call it that because we think of you know given the kind of you know stigmatized view of lung cancer in the past we really wanted to shine a light on it and show awareness of you know who lung cancer patients really were and how this is a disease that can affect everyone and there's really two forms that the shine a light events take one is um, our traditional shine a light event which takes place at um, clinics which where they offer lung cancer treatment, lung cancer screening. And those are just um, awareness events that really we provide resources to the people working at the clinic. A lot of times it's in conjunction with the support group that may already be running at the clinic or the treatment center. And, you know, being able to hand out information and have an event where people can come up and find more about lung cancer and, you know, the risk factors for it and what what the experience is like for people going through lung cancer. And it's also can turn into a great educational opportunity for a lot of patients. Um, A lot of places will invite some of the um, prominent doctors or nurses that work with patients or some of the patients at the clinic and give them an opportunity to talk and share their story and talk about really, you know, a lot what some of the recent advances are and what some of the stories are people coming through. And we think that can be a really great way to bring community together and spread awareness. And also the other form our Shine a Light events take is what we call Shine a Light Your Way which is really just an event platform to help anyone who wants to either raise funds to support lung cancer research or raise awareness in their own way. We know people like to do a number of different things, and we just wanted to provide a platform for that. And really, we provide you with a basic kit with some information and support for helping set up your own event. And we have a website where you can host information for your event and when it's going to take place and help you have a platform for spreading that. And really, we let you know you decide what you form you want your event to take and the great thing about it is that we've had so many different kinds of creative ideas that people have come up with through shine a light your way we've had people who have hosted um bike rides where they go through and get people to sponsor them and raise awareness and funds for research that way we've had people who host um you know uh, wine and painting nights who to bring people together to talk about 
talk about that and really we have just seen a great amount of creativity and kind of you know really connected with the community through that and you can find out more about the shine a light programs on our website or you know give us a call you know at our 1-800 number and we can talk to help you know people set up events who want to do that that sounds exciting and i love that uh, people have the opportunity to kind of, kind of customize the event based on uh, what works for them and and what would be uh, received in their market. I think that's terrific. Tell me a little bit, you know, lung cancer has been getting quite a bit of TV exposure with the developments in immunotherapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, what's, what, what's happening there um, and, and maybe some updates for, for people that uh, haven't seen the ads for the Opdivos and Katrudas and things like that of the world of, of what impact uh, that is having on the lung cancer community. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, the advent of immunotherapy has really had a huge impact on a number of different cancers, but it, especially lung cancer. I mean, one of the things that uh, we like to say is that there's been more new approved treatments for lung cancer in the past 10 years than there has in the past 30 years. And it's really just, you know, a great time for hope that way. And one of those was immunotherapy. And, you know, in a, in a nutshell, what immunotherapy does is it helps your immune system to recognize and fight back against the cancer when normally the cancer is able to evade the immune system. And these new, these new drugs um, right now, the three main ones in lung cancer are um, Opdivo, Keytruda, and Tecentric. And really, they've the what's really been great about them is that for a certain part of the patient community, these drugs work really well. And compared to some other treatments in the past, they have had the potential to work for quite a long time because of the immune system response that they can trigger. And so really one of the ways that we in an organization has really tried to, you know, help connect people with that is finding, you know, is through our educational efforts and making sure that people who could be good candidates for immunotherapy, you know, know and know the right questions to ask. And so one of the things that we do is we have a program called Lung Match. And what Lung Match is, is it's a treatment and trials navigation program. And it really, we have people like myself and others on the team who are treatment and clinical trial navigators. And we really talk to you about what you've been experiencing and what your diagnosis is and finding, you know, what may be the best treatment options for you. And, you know, finding out one of the things that we do is finding out whether or not, you know, you may be a great candidate for immunotherapy and discussing that further and helping you to, you know, prepare to talk to your doctor about that and kind of another way to empower and take charge of your own care. Exciting. And um, we're also seeing in the colorectal cancer community, uh, I know I've seen on at least one occasion where there have been some clinical trials using uh, Keytruda for colorectal cancer. So uh, exciting things on the horizon. And uh, I, I think across, uh, you know, all types of cancer, the, you know, what's happened in the last couple of years is, and I think it's just a, a prelude to what's coming up and coming seems to be coming very quickly, which is exciting for for all of us uh, uh, cancer patients, no doubt. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I know one of the things that really excites us about the um, immunotherapy advances is that, you know, they're becoming more and more available for more types of patients. They're in the beginning, immunotherapy drugs like Keytruda and Opdivo were used by themselves. And that was really good for a certain portion of patients. But there were a number of patients that really that wasn't the best option. But since then, there's been research discovering ways to improve immunotherapy and make it work for larger groups of patients, such as combining the immunotherapy with other drugs. And really, um, you know, we've one of the approvals we saw this year in lung cancer was giving um, immunotherapy, the drug Keytruda, along with um, chemotherapy at the same time, which seems to work for a larger group of patients than who were just able to receive the Keytruda by itself before. So we're really excited to see where research and new ideas like that are going. And there's so much of that type of research going on right now. It's, you know, really, I think, hopeful and exciting time with immunotherapy. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, as we wrap up, uh, a question I typically ask most of the folks I interview, and that is if someone listening to our conversation, either they themselves or perhaps a loved one was recently diagnosed with lung cancer, uh, what words of advice uh, do you have for, for, for such folks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things that we like to say is that you know, there's so much out there and it, and, it, and it is complex. Like there's been so many new approvals and so many new things out there in treatment. The first thing I would say is, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be hopeful for. And the second thing I would say, you know, because there is a lot to be hopeful for getting the right information and learning what things are the right treatment options for you or what the right path for you is so important. And we know that can be daunting at first, you know, especially just after a diagnosis, you know, that you're not expecting or finding things out. And really, I'd say connecting to the right thing. There's a number of resources out there. You know, I mentioned earlier our lung match program, and that's really one way that we're trying to help, you know, people sort through, you know, all these new options. And anyone can call into us and, you know, connect with one of our treatment trial navigators, and we can talk about, you know, what might be the right treatment options. And I call it kind of preparing for, you know, the next appointment and, you know, learning how to, you know, what things to ask your doctor and what things to talk about. And really, in addition to that, we also help, you know, more and more therapies are requiring tests up front, molecular testing or biomarker testing to find out what makes your cancer different from anyone from anyone else's cancer. And through our lung match program, we offer a molecular testing service to help people, you know, at no cost to them connect to molecular biomarker testing and find out what treatment options may be better for them. And so connecting to that is a great way to start and find out what your options are. But really, you know, whether it be through us or whether it be through connecting with with other with other patients or support groups or other resources, you know, learning more about your diagnosis and just, you know, f- finding ways to be your own advocate and be more empowered, you know, to kind of, you know, play a leading role and work with work with things can be a great, a great tool. And there's a lot of reason to be hopeful. Better than visiting Dr. Google, they should just go to lungcanceralliance.org for all the information they need. 
Absolutely. And we can help sort through all that as well. Well, Andrew, I appreciate you spending some time with me today and educating our community on all the wonderful work that you and the team at the Lung Cancer Alliance are doing. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, uh, and, and thank you for giving us some of your time today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great talking to you, Lee. You as well. Be well. Thank you. There are quite a few Get Your Rear and Gear events taking place in the month of September. Let's get right to it. For our friends in Chicago, coming up on Saturday, September 8th at Montrose Harbor is the Get Your Rear and Gear 5K Run, Walk, and Kids Fun Run. On the same day, for our friends in Concord, New Hampshire at Gould Hill Farm in Kantukuk, I said that correctly, New Hampshire is their 5K run walk and one and a half mile memory walk that is also taking place on September 8th. The next day, September 9th, on my birthday, for our friends in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, is the 5K run walk and tour de touche bike ride. It's not a bike race, it's a bike ride. That is taking place in the Twin Cities in Richfield, Minnesota at Veterans Memorial Park. Taking coming up the following Saturday, September 15th, for our good friends in Boston at DCR Mother's Rest at Carson Beach is their Get Your Rear and Gear 5K Run Walk and Kids Fun Run. The following Saturday, for our friends in Las Vegas, specifically Gibson Springs at Cornerstone Park, is that their Get Your Rear and Gear 5K Run Walk and Kids Fun Run. And on the same day for our friends in the great Northwest in Seattle, your Get Your Rear and Gear event is taking place at Redmond Central Connector in Redmond, Washington. On Sunday, September 23rd, our friends in Kansas City get to participate in their Get Your Rear and Gear event. That is taking place at Zona Rosa in Kansas City, Missouri. And the last Saturday of September for our friends in Columbus, Ohio at Creekside Plaza, at Gahana, oh, in Gahana, Ohio, is your Get Your Rear and Gear 5K Run Walk and Kids Fun Run. Information on these and all of the rest of the Colon Cancer Coalition Get Your Rear in Gear events can be found on their website at coloncancercoalition.org forward slash events. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer, and thank you to our sponsors, H2ORS and the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. <laughs>